coming to you from the pit in Royal Grande, California. Your hosts, John Hackleman and Dr. James Casper. It's time for Pitmaster and the Doc. Hey guys, Pitmaster here. I'm here with the Doc. John. And good to see you, man. Okay, this this show is going to be epic. The last one wasn't because I... Did you throw up before or after our last I show? I threw up like right <laughs> after the show. I started feeling nauseous. And then it's like, I just didn't feel right. And then I just stood up. I went into the office. I just sat there. You didn't look good when I left. Oh, my God. I just puked so much in the... In the uh, luckily, I had the, I had the wherewithal to, to put the plastic bag liner on the trash can because I knew something was going to happen. Yeah, do you have rules for throwing up? Yeah. in my house, we, there should, needs to be some ground rules about uh, yeah. how you can... It, it's edit. It's vomiting etiquette. First of all, <laughs> is there vomiting you, etiquette? If you in your only house? got, if you got one more step to make it to the toilet, don't fucking puke in the sink. Oh, that's that's the worst. rude. That's rude, and it's it's terrible puking in the sink. Make it to the. It's one. It's like six inches farther. Puke in the toilet, not in the sink, because then the sink. It doesn't go down. You have to like mash it down. You're puking all the way doing it. It's yeah, puke in a garbage can. If you puke in the sink, okay, you got to clean it up yourself. Uh, <laughs> that's that's rule one. That's terrible. I mean, maybe you if there's no toilet there, you do what you got to do. Do what you got to do. You got to puke in the toilet. But if what you about puke if, in the sink, all right. What about if you have a sick kid at home? And they're sick and they're in bed and you don't want them throwing up or getting up in the middle of the night throwing What's up on the floor. What's their age? You know, a little kid, like uh, under 10. Under 10? Under That's 8. A big, under 8. I don't know. Little, under little. 8. Under 8, you get a trash can. You you put a, a plastic liner on it, like a, a you know a, a hefty bag or something, and just say it's right there. If you got to puke, you puke in the trash can right there. Then you take out the hefty bag and you throw it away. But don't do not puke in the bed. Do not puke in a. Do don't puke on the floor. Give them a trash can. Don't don't give them a bowl. No, the bowl won't work. The bowl won't work, but it's also disgusting. Because when you put the bowl back in your cabinet, yeah. <laughs> then you have yeah. company. It's got to be in the There's trash no, can, but okay. line it first. But yeah, well, when raising kids, you'll see, you know the puking thing. Yeah, they're all different. Yeah, this they're kid was nineteen. Who, who are we talking about? We're talking about. Tanner, who puked in the sink, and there was a trash can. There was the actual, there was the actual uh, toilet right there, and the sink is like six inches from it. He said he couldn't make it to the toilet, so he puked in the sink. It was all you had to do. He just had to shift his face this much more, and it would have gone into the toilet. But he chose to puke in the sink, so his mom had to be like, while she was dry heaving, she tried to get this it is down. Not on Mother's Day, I hope. No, it wasn't on Mother's Day. Well, at least there's that. But it was a kid. I mean, it was her kid. Even though he's 19, he should have known how to puke. But hopefully he knows better now. That's good. It's a life lesson. He's got some puking rules at the Hackleman house. I think everyone needs those. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. Anyway. Well, see, yeah, so you didn't feel good. You, you didn't look good when I left. So I'm glad you feel better. Yeah. So feel, you're back. John's I, back. I'm, I'm, I'm back. I feel better. I, I hopefully this, I, I perform better. 
I've had to say that to to my wife more than once. <laughs> next but time, I, there's always next time. But I hope I I per- perform better this time. I just uh, I feel great. So we're gonna talk about some really good fights. And so, so yeah, we had UFC one two thirty seven two thirty seven. So I got a text from my twenty year old daughter, who says to me, "Hey, there's fights this weekend. Is John gonna come over and watch the fights?" And I'm like. What planet am I on? This is not a usual comment that I would hear from my 20-year-old. She doesn't want to watch the fights. Uh, no offense. She doesn't usually ask when you're coming over. <laughs> so I was like, what's going on? So she's doing a project about gender in sports and wanted to interview John about women versus men fighting in the UFC. I thought it was pretty good. She, I saw her list of questions she asked. She had some good questions. She did. She did. I, uh... So women versus so maybe we'll see some uh, some results of that. She had some, some she had some good questions like do women get paid the same as men? Yes, they do. Um, do women get treated as well as men? Yes, they do. Um, are women equal to men? I don't know when they fight when there's when there's a weight class and not a gender attached to it then then there'll be equality but not not before not after not that's when it'll happen. Um, so. And she and that's what she asked me, and she agreed. She said, "Yeah, she wouldn't want to fight a guy." And and uh, so then, so I asked her if if you're if you're if you're not gonna do the exact same thing, do you want to get the exact same money? Do you think they deserve the exact same money? Um, and in most jobs, they don't, but in the UFC, they do. And this is this is why um, I don't think there's equality in performance. That's nah, that's not even put right. There's not per, there's equality in 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 if they bring in the money like Ronda Rousey did, they deserve to make the money. If they can make the UFC as much as a guy, they deserve to make as much as a guy. But you you, I say they're not equal. Maybe they're better. Maybe they're not equal. But unless there's a genderless. And it's just a 135-pound class, 125-pound class. If there's a gender attached to it, then there'll never be equality. Why? Why? Maybe they're better. Yeah, maybe. So maybe it's the guys that aren't. But do you, I, So you don't agree medically that there's a physiologic difference between men and women at the same weight? I do. I do. They're, they're, they're I all... do. But, in, but, but, but until... Unless a woman... <laughs> can get in there with a guy and kick their ass, they're not equal. If a woman it wants to be a fireman, but she can't go up the stairs and pull a 250-pound man out of the burning building as well as a guy can, then she's not equal and she shouldn't get paid the same. I mean, why, the, why would they get paid the same if they can't do the exact same job or do the same job as well? What can a, what can a male firefighter that do or can't do that a female can There'd be, I don't think the list, I think the list would be zero, but then you say, what could a female firefighter do, uh, not do that a male could? And that would be lifting heavy things, pulling heavier things. So you're picking a job though, that has strengths that favor a male. Right, right. But then, but then, but then they, if they, if they hire a woman to do that job that the strengths favor a male, like you just said, should they get paid, paid the same? If their strengths don't favor that job, should they get paid the same? Do you think a man, if he joined La Liche League, like he was going to breastfeed, uh, like they, they have the, you know, surrogate breastfeeders, 
Would a guy get paid the same as a woman? Not if he didn't produce enough milk, <laughs> they right? Get paid for that? Yeah, women get paid it's for like that. It's like being a surrogate. They don't get paid for that, do uh, they? I think they get paid. Can you do surrogate li- for birth get paid? I think they do. I think uh, the Leche League, I think Well, they... that's different. That's breastfeeding. But I, yeah. what about being a surrogate? I don't know if they uh, get paid or not. Like, actually do, carrying a baby for another couple or for I another I was talking person. about feeding the baby with a... What about they carry a baby? You can't do that either. You'd be terrible at that. Right. I'd be terrible <laughs> at... at <laughs> terrible. Breast, I'd be terrible at breastfeeding a baby. They would not baby. be happy with the results. So I'd be terrible at breastfeeding a baby, so I don't think I should ever get paid the same as someone that can Okay, uh, but going back, but okay, we got totally off track. Going back to fighters, if you take two 135-pound fighters, one's male, one's female, you say because their techniques are both technically sound, they can be trained as well, you're saying the physiologic difference in muscle mass at that weight makes no difference? Oh, I do. That's why I think, but I think until, until that... that that muscle mass or whatever difference it is, is nullified, then the men will always be better than the women. Um, and once, once a woman can step up and, and for however reason, maybe they have more testosterone so the male's stronger, but maybe women, you know, get to, after, after enough, you know, uh, trying to get there, they, they overcome the strength with like other things. Maybe they have more speed, technique, maybe they do better submissions. So maybe they can actually beat guys. But until they can beat the guys at their weight class, they'll never be equal. I think they deserve to get paid as much if they bring in as much money like Ronda did for a while. But if they can't beat the guy, they'll never be equality if the men will always be it's, above them. No, it's total equality if they can make the same amount of money and be the top draw and the, the main event on the pay-per-view, that's the women were this week. So this was a good week yeah, for you to good. get interviewed about gender differences in the UFC because yeah. the main event was women was Rose and yeah. uh, Andrade. So you, they were bringing in the money in this card. Yeah, and, We'll see and, how the card does, but I think yeah. all the fighters get paid differently anyway. It doesn't yeah. matter where you're positioned on the card for how much money you're going to make. If you look at what the fighters make, it isn't... It doesn't work that way. And when you and when you look at what the fighters make, what they're writing is is ninety nine percent of the time it's not really what they made. It's just what they're putting out there. Oh, interesting. Yeah, and I know that for a fact. Well, yeah. So, but uh, that's an interesting point. Like, I did see what fighters got paid on Glover's last card, and he was the highest paid by far. Hmm. Uh, but it's interesting to see if those numbers are those real numbers. Yeah, and he wasn't the main event. No. no. So. So, anyway, <clears throat> good fights. So, John cool. comes over. He came over to have dinner and watch the fights, and he didn't get to sit down. He immediately started getting interviewed, <laughs> like, in another room. Sorry, John. He was a good, you were a good sport. What? That, your daughter, man, she's really sharp. I, I love talking to her. She had a little, little guy with her, and he was, like, his, her assistant or something. But <laughs> They uh, were partners in this project. Oh, really? But they're going to publish something on YouTube, so I'll let you see it. Oh, I got to see this. Yeah, they were... Um, it was interesting. It was interesting to hear a, a college age, especially in now in this day and age. Like, like I so I put it to the guy, because you know in this day and age, college, you know, you got to be so politically correct and so you know no no gender, and they can't even use pronouns, and it's just crazy. So for them to quite talk to me about such a, you know, it's it's kind of a it's kind of a triggering subject. So I'm 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 surprised that she did. Um, I think it took a lot of uh, balls for her to do that, 
But then, so like I put it back to her partner who was a guy. I said, do you think women are equal in sports to men and should get paid the same or different jobs? And he goes, oh yeah, they should get the exact same thing, exact same paid for the same, you know. I go, okay, what if there's a firefighter and you're, you're in a burning building and you need somebody to save you because you're, you're injured and you can't help yourself and you have a family there. And would you rather a 125-pound woman make it up those stairs to, to carry you guys down and she can't even lift one of you? Or would you rather have a 200-pound guy who could carry you all down? Number one, who would you rather have? And do you think they, they should both get paid the same wage for that job? And he goes, they definitely shouldn't get paid if she can't carry us down. So hopefully, hopefully he doesn't. Hopefully he doesn't get in trouble at school for that one. Anyway, it was good. And there were some. There were what these fights from Brazil. So there were a lot of Brazilians on the card as usual. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so we'll go from the top down. And uh, first of all, Rose, Rose brutalized Jessica the first round. She brutalized her with just, just that one two. She looked like if you guys remember old boxing days, it looked like. Look like, um, let me think. I'm going to think of, um, there's a couple of, of boxers. Okay. Um, not, oh, Little Red Lopez. Danny Little Red Lopez. He would do that to everyone. Just bing, bing. He would just walk around, bing, bing. And every time he did that bing, bing, their head just did that. And like after five of them, there was blood streaming down their face. And then he'd usually finish, uh, finish them off with a knockout. Alexis Arguello. The featherweight champion of the world back in the day. He would do the same thing. He'd just walk around like his fucking... He had laser on his two hands. I didn't even think he threw many hooks. He was just like, bing, bing. And he'd walk around, bing, bing. And sure enough, there'd be blood and then they'd be knocked out. And that's what I thought was going to happen to this fight because... It was Rose, so one-sided. It was it, so it was, one-sided. That first, first round. round was so one-sided. Jessica's poor face was a mask of blood. She was getting the shit kicked out of him. Every time she tried to charge in... Um, uh, Rose would just do a one-two and step out of the way, and it it was ugly. The first round was ugly, and I was like thinking, "Oh shit!" But then came the second round. So this is an interesting thing. These fighters, when you look at them on paper, Rose is a little taller. I mean, they're fighting at what one fifteen. Rose is taller. She's five five. I think Jessica is like five one. So there's definitely a height difference. So Jessica just looks stronger because she's shorter. She's yeah. built. She just looks like more of, you know, just like uh, just a stronger athlete. But Rose was outclassing her. It was like a, she was running a clinic on the jab. She was just beating her up in the first round. But the second round proved something to me that if you fight someone that's stronger than you or maybe, you know, she could pick her up, it kind of it was like an equalizer. It equalizes the fight. And she dumped her on her head, like in this picture, which was pretty dramatic. I think she did it twice. Didn't she throw her, try to throw her one other time, but she held on. She tried to hold her another time, and and, uh, and um, Rose had a, had a Kimura going. So that Kimura, she kind of, you could tell she hesitated on picking her up because her arm was kind of caught in a Kimura. So she kind of hesitated and let her back down. Uh, but the second time she did it, uh, Rose had the Kimura... But this time, Jessica powered through it, and Rose didn't let go of the Kimura. By the time she was already up there, she should have let go. And she got slammed right on her head. It tweaked her neck, and she got knocked out cold. It looked like she almost broke her neck. 
Um, and then all of a sudden there's an outcry about that, that move, which isn't really in, in the, in the cage, it's not really that dangerous of a move unless the person doesn't let go. It's kind of like when, when Rampage did that to Arona, he, Arona had a triangle on him. Uh, Rampage actually picked him up. What strength picked him up like, like this and then slammed him down. And knocked Arona out. But Arona could have let go of that triangle at any any point here. And he would have been fine. But they're trying to hold on to the, to the submission. Because a lot of times when people try to slam their way out of submissions. It sinks in the submission even tighter. And they get submitted anyway. Well it didn't work out that way for Rose this time. And she didn't let go. So people are saying that, was, that should be illegal. Or wasn't it illegal? And, and in reality, the rule is no. If you have a submission on someone, you can get slammed in any fashion. If you don't have a submission on them, you can get, you can get slammed in any arc fashion, but you can't, be with, you can't be slammed by pile driver. In other words, you can't go straight up and straight down. It's kind of like the 12 to 6 elbow. You can't tweak somebody's legs pick them up and then pile drive them unless they have a, a, uh, a submission on you. Then you can do whatever you want with them. But, it, but if they don't have a submission on you, it has to have an arc. So there's already a rule. Yeah. So this was technically legal then. And it is interesting. I mean, you don't want to see a fighter get horrifically injured. She didn't, luckily. I mean, that's yeah. a scary picture. Although her, her neck looks more bent forward in that picture. It looks bad. It it does. It, it looks bad. It, but it was, she it, says it didn't hurt. Yeah, well, she got knocked out, too. She got knocked out. But, I mean, I don't mean hurt when it happened. Like, we saw her after the fight. I thought she she would have been injured. Not, like, ouch injured, but, like, maybe paral, paralysis or something. You know, like, at least something tweaked. But it wasn't. It didn't seem to be. It seemed like, it seemed like you know, she was upset about the, the knockout. But, um... But she she uh, she she seemed she said she was relieved. She said, "This takes you know this takes the pressure off me." I I I didn't. She basically I didn't like being champion, and I, you know I don't I didn't like the pressure. So it, it was kind of it was kind of uh, bittersweet hearing her talk about that. But I'm definitely glad that she wasn't hurt. Yeah, and this is a good this is a good one you'd want to see a rematch on anyway. The, just the way it ended and the way it started. It was back and forth and yeah. different styles and different strengths for sure yeah. of these two fighters and how Rose could counter this, you know, getting picked up and dumped on her head. And how Jessica could counter, could, could counter being hit a lot. How yeah. often have you seen this, though, that where someone gets knocked out from a slam? I've seen someone get knocked out. The person doing the slam, right, can, you know, onto the ground. Those, that person can get hit. No, I've seen... Too. I've probably seen... Without exaggerating, I've probably seen six slams lead to knockouts. Uh, where you slam the guy and knock him out. I was actually in a guy. Well, no, he's he was doing. Uh, yeah, he he was. Uh, he did a suplex. So you're kind of doing a double slam. You're slamming yourself and you're slamming someone else. Um, but hopefully, you're positioning. You're setting up the positioning so you're being more of a slammer. But he actually knocked himself out. Um, but yeah, you. I, I see it. I've seen people, and then you see it all the time in videos in street fights and on YouTube. It, it happens even more in the street. 
but it's a dangerous thing to see, but it's really spectacular. But so's a left hook. I mean, that's more dangerous. An overhand right, that's more dangerous. A head kick, that's more dangerous. But it's not as spectacular. Like, oh, boom, and then, you know. So it's, it's more dangerous, but it's not as spectacular looking. So people aren't, there's not a public outcry every time a fight ends with a left hook. Like, oh, let's, they should ban left hooks. But then when they saw this, it's like, oh, they should ban slams. But... Well, certain slams are already banned. Yeah, the yeah, pile you, driver. Yeah, you don't like to see that, but uh, I think for me, more of the takeaway is, man, you don't want to get lifted up in the air, especially no. in the street. No, and you don't. a bigger person is going to have such a huge advantage over you to pick you up, like a, at least a, this in this case, a shorter, stronger opponent. Yeah, you just picked her right up, like uh, you know, she couldn't do much about it. Yeah. So for me, you look at this and say, wow, you never want anyone picking you up. It's good to have some size, too. Yeah, yeah, and that's and that's all the more reason why you need to learn takedown defense. If you're, you need to learn take defense. If you're training at a martial art and you're not learning take defense, takedown defense, they're ripping you off. Well, I'm what about, you. like for me, I'm bigger, but for when you're training students in martial arts and self-defense and they're small. Do you teach them anything different? Or should they have something more to equalize the situation if they're in the street when they're physically smaller? Yeah. I mean, I mean, do you train them differently at all when you have little people and they're trying to learn? Not little people, but when you have smaller no, people and they're trying to defend themselves in the street? Because a lot of what we learn here at the pit is, is self-defense. Yeah. Yeah. And, 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 and it's all relative. You know, you should learn as much as you can. Smaller person has... You know, I mean, look at the old Hoist Gracie. I mean, he was smaller than almost all the guys he fought, but his skill made up for it. So if you're smaller, depends how much skill you have, it equalizes up to a point. But then the bigger guy, if he has more skill, then there has to be an external equalizer, maybe a weapon or something like that. And that that's just, that's always going to be the case. I mean, so we can get this far in, in, uh, in empty-handed self-defense, where we can give you a huge uh, advantage, um, but at the end of the day, sometimes there has to be an equalizer. If there didn't, I mean, I mean, then there would only be bigger guys. Then we wouldn't control this planet. It would be lions and tigers and bears, etc. But because we have equalizers, right? Then that's what gives us the upper hand. So. So anyway, that was the main event. That fight was interesting. Yeah. It, some stuff came out of it, and that was a female fight at the, at the main event. The uh, Was this the next fight a co-main? Yeah. I don't know if it was scheduled to go five rounds or not, but um, it was a middleweight bout. It was Cannoneer and uh, Spider, Anderson Silva. Yeah, Cannoneer has come down from, like, heavyweight. He's just he's too strong for everybody. And uh, and he fought light heavy? He fought light Glover beat him. Um, he fought light heavy, and... Uh, um, he just kicked the shit out of uh, Anderson's inside leg, and Anderson didn't check it. It just, I'm thinking why, um, like, so many guys um, train so much Muay Thai. One of, that's one of the biggest things that Anderson does is Muay Thai, um, and uh, he got beat by leg kicks, not even checking them. It's like, I, I don't understand when some guys I see fighting and they have, 
you know, extensive MMA or, or Muay Thai or kickboxing background, and they don't check any of the kicks. It's like, I mean, that's one half right there. You should leg kick and 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 learn how to check the leg kicks. And it's, he didn't leg check, and he paid the price. Yeah, so he got kicked right on the inside of his knee. And he went down immediately, and he was unable. So the ref just rushed in and stopped that fight immediately. And that was affecting him. I think he got up limping badly, but he was able to get up after a couple minutes. So I didn't see today yet what happened to his knee. Maybe we'll hear about it in the next few days. Because he's 44. We were having that discussion. I mean, he's got so much skill, and he's still competitive at 44. But he's 44, and I don't know if he has a major knee injury or not. Because that could take him out for a yeah. while. Um, yeah, one of the, I mean, one, he's had one of the most horrific uh, injuries ever in the UFC. That broken tib-fib that he got when he, when, he, when he actually leg kicked someone. And they did check it. So he went to inside leg kick somebody. It was actually Chris Weedman. And Chris Weedman leg checked it and broke... Um, Broke Anderson's tib, tibula and fibula, and and uh, and it was it was one of the most horrific uh, injuries we've ever seen on uh, on the UFC, and now he got he got a, an injury not checking an inside leg kick. It's like so he's like this lake. I mean, he's like this Muay Thai guy. It's like his two two pretty bad injuries he's had now and losses were both due to um, the. You know, not 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 leg kicking right, or not checking at all. So I don't know. I love that guy. He's so competitive, but leg kicking just doesn't seem to be his forte or checking them. Yeah, and he got kicked right on the inside of his knee too. Yeah. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what's wrong with him. Hopefully, nothing major. Yeah. But I don't know if that was the knee he had his leg surgery on or not. No. No, I'm pretty sure one. it isn't because that was his front leg. And, oh, wait. Uh, no, I think he was kicking with his back leg, right? I don't know. Yeah, because he was, he was, uh, if you were, yeah, he was kicking with his front leg, his back leg. So I think, I think it was his left leg. This time. Yeah, no, it was his left leg last time. I think it was his right leg this time. Is he southpaw? He's a southpaw. Oh, yeah, I don't remember which leg he fell down on, but whatever happened to his knee, it looked horrifically painful. So that that fight ended prematurely. Um, so that was a stoppage. Yeah. Um, so we didn't get to see a lot. That was in yeah. round one. Yeah. So there's that. Then there was Jose Aldo against uh, Alexander. Uh, Alexander's from uh, I think he's from Australia or New Zealand. Does he train with Adesanya? Is that uh, him? He could. Uh, is he from? He yeah. He's from somewhere around there, right? Is he from New South Wales or? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know where he's from. He's from. He's from somewhere in. Uh, I thought he was from actually he's, Russian. But I think yeah, he might be. His name sure is. But, yeah. But I don't know where is. Is he trained with Adesanya? One of the guys I know trained at his camp. Yeah. Maybe that's him. He's nineteen and one. He he. He basically just out hustled uh, um, Jose. I mean, it, it, I mean, it was. I'm not gonna say it wasn't much of a fight. 
But there wasn't, I mean, there wasn't that much to, um, there wasn't much to that fight. I mean, it was pretty simplistic. He out-hustled Jose Aldo. He out-punched him, out-kicked him, out-moved he outmoved him. He out everything to him, and and I think he won just by an over uh, abundance of, of of techniques. I think he just threw more techniques. I mean, that's one of the things that Jose was known for before was um, just his explosive, unbelievable power with leg kicks. But he's always had a thing about running out of gas. You know, usually. Mid second round, he started running out of gas. He usually knocked the guy out in the first round, or at least hurt him bad enough where he could carry the fight into the third. But he didn't do that. He didn't start off strong, or finish really too strong. He 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 just he was just one step behind Alexander the whole fight, and he just uh, he lost the decision. And then, I mean, to think that he won the decision, and I mean. Get booed? I mean, how, how does he get booed for, you know, that's that's a kind of ignorant crowd, you know. I mean, like even even and even, uh, Cannoneer was getting booed for winning by KO. I mean, that's that's what you call like that's ignorance right there. Even Anderson went in there and bowed to him and and hugged him and basically told the crowd, "Hey guys, you know, I lost here. You know, try to raise your IQ a little and let's not boo." You know, and I'm not saying Brazilians are bad or anything, but that crowd was a little on the ignorant side. Do you th- don't you agree? Yeah, I just hate, you hate to see him booing the fighter who came to their country and won. Yeah, and, and he won. Maybe boo him when he's coming out and mess with I, him. I could see if they were, yeah, <laughs> that's one thing. Or even someone like Colby Covington who comes out and insults you. I would boo the shit out of him. I mean, he called Brazilians stupid dogs, this and that. Or even Chael Sonnen when he kind of, made some, some, you know, trying to sell the fight. He said some things. But Cannoneer didn't. So to boo him is just ignorance. What, what, what would be the reason for booing Cannoneer? Were they booing Volkanovski too? I don't remember. Yeah, they were. Not as bad for some reason. Maybe because, uh, uh, no, I don't know why. Because they're both idols. I was going to say because maybe Jose Aldo isn't such a big idol like Anderson Silva. But he's a huge... Uh, Brazil Idol. I don't know. I don't know why would they, they would boo. I mean, it's just... If that was that close of a fight, if it was a lot closer, um, I could see some booing. Um, but, okay, like when we were in, in, in Australia and uh, they booed Court McGee when he came out because he fought Nick Ring. I could see some of that. But then... It was such a... It was a good fight, but it was clear to the fans... That Court McGee won, so they booed the decision, which was they gave Nick Ring, their guy, the decision, and the crowd booed. So it, it was it was kind of you know it was kind of bittersweet, and you know it's sad that he lost the decision. But when your own hometown is booing the decision, it kind of says that oh maybe it didn't go the way that the judges said. The other so. thing, the only other thing from the Jose or Jose Aldo fight was his corner was telling him he was winning or something. Again, we talked about this last week too yeah. about kind of what the corners tell their fighters and is it psychological? Do they tell them what they need to hear so they put on the performance they need to put on in the third round, or do you, you know tell him telling Jose that it's split or he's up two rounds? 
Uh, I don't think anyone told him he was up two rounds, but I think they said it was split, right? At least. Yeah, so, I mean, what I would do in that, in that situation is I'm going to be honest. I'm not going to say you're losing the fight. I'm not going to say that. But I'm going to say, I'm going to be completely honest, you need to knock him out to win. You need to knock him out or submit him to win. And there, I, there's no negative there. It's only a positive. So I'm not saying you're losing the fight. I'm not putting the L word there, right? But I'm giving you, I'm telling you what you have to do. Okay, I might give you a tip here. Lead with your left hook. Counter with your left hook. Uh, set up a takedown and, and finish him on the ground. I might give very simple instructions, but I will say you need, if, you, if you're in my corner and I'm saying you need to finish him this round to win, you need to finish them, and that gives them inspiration. It motivates them to do it, but you're not saying you're losing. You lost these two rounds because they don't need to hear that. Yeah, I can see that. See, I'm like a, it's like, I'm like a psych, sports psychologist. I'm like a guru when it comes to martial arts. I am. Well, it is interesting because I think, like I was saying last week, they're, they're in the corner. It seems like they're in the corner more. They're listening to what they're getting told more, um, and then they're kind of critiquing it too. <laughs> like the... Yeah, the, uh, ba- the the commentators are critiquing a little they, bit. They I, argued. Yeah, the commentators on those fights. Yeah, I agree I, with. I you. don't like that. I I love. I think it was. Um, I think it was John Anik, who I love. Like he's just unbelievable, and I love Dominic and I love G- uh, DC. And I I usually love them together, but I don't like when they argue at all. I don't like when they dispute things or argue. I you know. Maybe joking around might be. Maybe they were. Maybe there's joking around, but it, but like disputing and, uh, I don't know. I guess I guess it's the way they disagree. It just felt awkward to me for a second. Yeah, I think that's the best explanation. It kind of felt awkward. Yeah, like they were just arguing. It wasn't it wasn't really a back and forth. Mm. They were just arguing. Yeah, they had their both had their points. Mm-hmm. So anyway, I don't. know. Were there any other fights you want to talk about on this card? Yeah. Um, um, Tiago Alves, uh, fought a guy named, uh, Lorando. Loriano. Loriano. Staropoli. Uh, definitely won. Um, and this was another one like the, the Jose Aldo fight where, um, Tiago has beautiful techniques and basics where he doesn't even need to do crazy fancy things if he batters you with his basics. Like, Mike Tyson didn't throw fancy things, drop his hands, do all kind of crazy shit. He just battered people with his basics. Left hook, overhand, left hook, overhand, you know, uppercut, you know. So he battered people with their basics. Thiago Alves has that skill, but he just doesn't do it that much anymore. And he definitely didn't do it uh, in this fight. That Leorando guy uh, just out-hustled him. He had much more techniques, you know, a lot. he was throwing a lot of crazy shit. You know, and, and that's great. It looks good. But if Thiago just went in there with his basics and stepped up the pace, right, picked up the pace, then then he could have over overcame that guy's fanciness. Because if the guy's throwing fancy shit and, and Thiago's just hammering him with a leg kick and a left hook, the fancy stuff's going to start declining a little bit and the guy's going to work more on defense. But he gave the guy a platform by him not being as offensive, he gave the other guy a chance to be offensive. 
So since the other guy's offense was so much more flamboyant and flashy, it looked better for the judges. And Thiago didn't didn't hammer away like he like he can. So that's why he lost that fight. Well, I was just thinking, speaking of flashy, yeah. uh, we did watch that one fight on Bellator that was the same night. It was May 11th. Yeah. Yeah. What was that, uh, Michael Page? Michael Page fought uh, uh, um, yeah, uh, Douglas Lima. Lima, Lima. So if you watch Michael Page's like highlight reel, this is he's like the super showy, showboaty, karate looking. Yeah, fancy. he's got the different style, and he dances, and he he does a lot of this super showboating stuff, which I think turns some people off, but a lot of people like it. Um, and he's had some huge highlight reel knockouts and. He did. He had a. There was a horrible injury where he needs someone in the head and oh, yeah. crunched in in front of his skull there, basically. So he's had this huge highlight reel career against Douglas Lima, and we watched this fight was over pretty quick. Yeah, but, yeah. It was over in the first first round. Was it? I thought it was the uh, second. Maybe the second round. I thought it was the second, but uh, <coughs> but anyway. So he, uh, Michael Page came out flashy, flashy like he always does, um, and. Looked like he he was looked like he pulled ahead a little bit, but then he sat he sat down with one of his wide stances, and Douglas Lima did one of his really powerful calf kicks, and it it flipped uh, um, Michael Page off balance, and he like hit the ground, and while he was trying to get back on his feet, um, uh, Douglas Lima caught him with a beautiful hook uppercut. And it just knocked him out cold, and he just fell flat, flat to the uh, canvas, and he was knocked out. He was previously undefeated, I believe. Yeah. So yeah. he's a big, you know, a big Bellator fighter. And he'll be back. I mean, that flashy style of his, it might not be for everyone, but it works for him. It I mean, usually works for him very well. He's beating does, some pretty tough guys. Bring out an interesting, uh, maybe vulnerability of that stance, that wide really sideways karate stance of having your foot so far forward. Um, yeah. And he just got kicked right out. I don't know. I'm, I don't know if I've seen that before. He got his foot kicked right out from under him and he ended up on his back. Yeah. So. It, yeah, it wasn't good. And, and, and Douglas Lima, he capitalized. Lima capitalized on that. He came in with it. It's that beautiful shot. He just knocked him out cold. Yeah, that was a good fight. That so, could have just been, oh, you kicked my foot out, I got up. But it was a fight-ending sequence. It was. So that was worth watching. If you didn't see anything from Bellator, that fight, I mean, you just see the clip online, it was pretty short. Yeah, and then you got Michael Chandler against the Pitbull. That, that, was, that one was over quick, too, wasn't it? Uh, to be honest, I didn't see that one. Um, not really that interested in seeing that one. Um, I could go back and watch it. I do have, was it Dazen or something? I think I have the days in so I can watch it, but it just, I mean, I was, you know, more interested in the UFC, like mostly, but I wouldn't mind going back to see this. I definitely wanted to see Douglas Lima's fight, um, and I wouldn't mind seeing the Chandler. Chandler's a, a beast, and so is uh, Pitbull, and now Pitbull's a two-time, he he's holding two belts in the Bellator, so I think they, I think they're, what, what weight is that? Lightweight. Okay, so they're lightweight, and, and he's... Wait, so he's featherweight too. I think he's featherweight and lightweight, and now, and then Lima is welterweight, I believe, right? Yeah. So that's all we got for that. I mean, my biggest takeaway is um, um, 
it's it's terrible. Um, the injuries are terrible in this sport. It's it's a brutal sport, and and, and I love it, and and I'm it's bittersweet. I wish I wish there was no head contact. You know, I wish there was nothing that's caused da- uh, damage to people. I I thank God every day. I really do. I literally thank God every day when I wake up that I don't have. I might have some brain damage. I don't know, but that I don't have more brain damage than I do. I thank God every day that I don't have more physical injuries. I hardly have any physical injuries. I got maybe a little tennis elbow like a fucking bitch. But, I mean, everything else, my shoulder might hurt a little. But I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm so fucking lucky. I thank God every day. Um, but it could, be, it could be, there's so many bad things that could have happened throughout my career. And the worst being brain injuries, and I just thank God I've been hit so much. I've been, I've been KO'd in sparring. I've been, I've had so many concussions. You know, it's like, so when I watch that, it's like it's it scares me. It it, it makes me people that know me know that I get actually physically stressed out, and I get emotionally. I have actually panic attacks when some of my fighters fight. Sometimes I get panic attacks when they get hurt. I. I almost broke down in courts, uh, Chuck's, uh, in Glover's last fight because he got hurt so bad in the first round, and it, it just it stressed me out. When the fight was over, I I I was so upset, and my wife always knows this, so she always finds me wherever she wherever I am after the fight, and she'll just hug me, and she knows how stressed out I get. But I'm so lucky, like the slam. That slam looks so spectacular and dangerous that happened to Rose. But guys, you got to realize, it's the same thing. Every punch or kick that lands, it's the same thing. It's causing brain, it could cause brain damage. So even though there's spectacular moves that don't get all like knee-jerk fucking reaction, like, oh, she got slammed, let's, let's, let's uh, outlaw slams, let's make them you know, illegal to do. That's what they did with a 12-6 elbow, and it was one of the dumbest rules ever made. Just the simple punch in the face all the time. That's what's causing the brain damage. A left hook, a right hand, an overhand. You got, are you going you gonna to make those illegal too? Probably not. So it's just people get jump on these bandwagons. Like people get shot like fucking, you know, however many, you know, 10,000 a year. They get shot every year. 10,000 people with guns. But then if, it's, if the gun looks a little scarier... People have shit fits and they fucking, they all of a sudden they march in the street and they fucking, they go nuts. So you just cause a little bit of a spectacular kind of visual to something. And people are so, I'm not saying these guys are stupid, but they're so gullible. They just go, oh, no more slams. Oh, no more uh, assault rifles. Oh, yeah, but the other stuff that does 99% of the damage right? Regular pistols and left hooks. And that's like, that's just overlooked because it doesn't have such a big visceral reaction because it doesn't get people's visual senses so, so triggered. Well, the unified rules of MMA, they probably need a new member. (laughs) That's another job for you. You can help them make the rules. I don't know how often they get revised, but they do get revised. They do. And as you know, as a doctor, you don't want to see people in the sport get hurt, and you don't want to see the sport, you know, make bad decisions either that hurt the sport. So it's one of those. It's a fine line. It's a really but if fine you watch line. any, if you watch bull riding, 
those guys get thrown off and land on their head, uh, and then they get stomped on. I mean, there's 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 plenty of dangerous sports out there. I think right. the MMA does a pretty good job of trying to keep it safe they do. and eliminate you know eliminate or limit dangerous dangerous contact. Like all it, all contact's gonna be somewhat dangerous. It will. If you get caught with a spinning hook kick and it landed right on the side of your head and knocked you out cold. Man, that would look terrible. I mean, that would be terrible. It's spectacular, like a slam. But if you make those things illegal, pretty soon you're going to start taking away the sport. And next thing you know, nobody's going to be watching. Like football. I mean, people are going to smash into each other in football all day long. Right? So you can't, you can't change that. They, you know, the interesting thing in football is they have changed some of the open field hits where they full-on run and tackle someone and make just a horrific hit. Those are fouls now. Oh, yeah. See, so it oh, is interesting that the rules do change. It's, you know, our abil- what we accept for injuries changes. You know, this was a spectacular thing. Luckily, Rose looks like well, she's, she's probably fine. fine so. But remember this, guys, and this is why you need to practice takedown defense. You're protecting your family on the street. Some guy picks you up and slams you like that again uh, on, on the concrete. You are either dead or you're going to be comatose drooling for the rest of your life. Yeah, don't get picked up. Don't get picked up. Don't get Learn, picked up. Learn, take down defense. All right, guys? All right, John, until next Thanks week. Thanks for bye. coming. Yeah.